We're going to be taking a little diversion from the Gospel of Matthew just for one Sunday. It's Acts chapter 16. So if you have a Bible, Acts chapter 16. For us as the Thomas family, we, we went on vacation. Uh, we were in Arizona for, we drove from here to Arizona for about uh, a week. And then Dawn and the girls and Remington, they stayed in Arizona. They went camping. They did a lot of cool things. And then Xander and I, we went uh, to Brazil. We connected with Calvary Chapel of Prescott, Arizona, which is the home church where we came from. And they were taking a group of about 15 or 16 people to Brazil. And uh, I'd asked, you know, because I, I want us as a church to be involved in missions where we are not just supporting missionaries and the work of God, but that some of us are getting a chance to go and see what happens because it'll just change you. And I was just going to go by myself because... You know, it's kind of hard to tell the church, hey, listen, guys, we should go uh, serve the Lord. Let's go outside of Humboldt County. Let's go outside of the United States. Let's see how a majority of the world lives. And it just really changes your perspective. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this because I can't ask you to do that. If then you go, well, Jim, have you been to Brazil? And if I say no, that's not really convincing or encouraging, right? Our pastor, the one that is going to lead us, hasn't been there yet. <laughs> so I was like, I need to go. And the Lord said, yep, and take your son. And so it's Alexander, who's 14 years old. And Matt mentioned it. He looks different now than three weeks ago when he, when he went. And what's that? He's darker. He's darker. He is darker. And that's actually the whole point of it. No, no. Um, uh, he, uh, I missed that. You know, I didn't, I haven't had that in a couple of weeks. I really appreciate it. You're keeping me on my toes. He, um, he was by far the youngest person on the team. The next one that was closest to him was 16 years old. So, but he kept up and he didn't complain. And uh, he really, he grew up on this trip. Um, and I was just really encouraged. And also so blessed to have Andre come and be a part of the, the trip with us. And you, some of you may not have known this, that Andre speaks uh, fluent Portuguese from some of the video announcements that we were showing. And I want to clarify something really quick here. So my very first video announcement, I could hear you laughing um, <laughs> at the point where I said, I'm going and Xander and Andre are going with me. And this was the picture that I had of Xander and Andre. And I know you guys are totally <laughs> laughing at this point, but here's the, I want to explain this really quick. I had to find a picture and I didn't have a picture of Andre. So where do I go for pictures? Facebook. So I went to Facebook. I started looking. I'm like, no, no, no. And I saw this one and I was like, yes, but this is, this is the actual picture. Like this is the actual picture I was using. So can we say that like I made the most of this picture? Okay. When you crop a picture, it's amazing. Let's go back. See, it's amazing. Like you had no idea. So while, while you were laughing, I was really laughing. So it's an amazing family picture. That is totally, totally amazing. Yes. Be careful what you post on Facebook. I'm just saying, all right? Um, oh, church family, it's been really awesome. Uh, Andre's not here. He's going to be coming back on Tuesday. And um, there's some things about the trip that I want to share with you. The reason why we're not going to be in Matthew is I want to share some things while they're still fresh on my heart. But I don't want to share the things with Andre there. Because Andre wasn't with us the whole trip, there was the process of us getting to Brazil, and Andre had already, uh, he had gone a few days ahead of us. And uh, I want to just share this morning about some of the process of what it was getting there, 
and how the Lord, like, you're like, well, it's, a, it's about what happened in Brazil. God, God uses, God uses, God uses everything, um, even the things that we don't think. Like, oh, we're just going to get there. And when we get there, that's when the real work is going to start. God was working even before we landed in Brazil. So before we get to all of that, um, let's pray and then we'll jump into Acts chapter 16 and we'll, we'll look and see what the word says. Papa, I just thank you so much for being back home. And um, Lord, I thank you for this body of believers. Um, just love them so much, God. And I just thank you for uh, who you've made them to be. Lord, I thank you for their prayers, prayers for people they've never even met that you're answering. Prayers that we don't even realize you answered yet because we haven't received word of the answer, but you're working in it and you've already answered some prayers. As we're here this morning, Papa, I just come before you and I'm, again, inadequate for the task at hand. It's your word, it's powerful, and it can change our lives. It can give us the direction that we need. It can help clarify something that's confusing, maybe a crossroads that we find ourselves at this morning. Father, we ask this morning that you would please give us direction. If it's comfort that we need, you're the God of all comfort. You're the source of comfort. Please, God, pour it out upon us. Pray for your peace to pour out upon us. If anybody came in here with an anxious heart, that you would wash over them with your peace, that the God who created the universe and everything in it cares about each of us. That's an overwhelming thought, but it's true. Holy Spirit, lead and guide now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Pastor Joe shared, um, part of it was Paul's third missionary journey last Sunday. And we're going to kind of back up in time just a little bit. And we're going to look at some events that happened when Paul was on his second missionary journey. He left Jerusalem, Israel, and he ended up traveling in the area. Now, you know, 10 miles, 20 miles, 30 miles, sometimes like 600 plus miles. He traveled and traveled because he had a love for people who did not know about Jesus. And so he would be faithful to go wherever God would lead him. So if you're in Acts chapter 16, we're going to look at Acts 16 verse 1. And Paul is with a man named Silas. And he is going from city to city sharing about Jesus and the salvation that comes only through him. Acts 16, follow with me. Acts 16 verse 1 through 5. Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. Okay, so he's half Jew, half Greek. Verse 2. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him and took him and circumcised him because the Jews who were in those places for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Um, as they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So there were some decisions made at the church in Jerusalem. And so Paul and Silas and now Timothy are just sharing the word. No internet, no telephone. So it's word of mouth as they're walking and talking about what is happening at the church in Jerusalem. Verse five. So the churches were strengthened in the faith after hearing this news and they increased in numbers daily. Okay, so 
there's something to be said here about face-to-face communication. There's something to be said about going maybe out of your way so that you can look somebody in the eye so that you can share encouraging news with them. And Paul, this is his second missionary, his second missionary journey there. Um, he would go a third time and Pastor Joe mentioned it last Sunday and to some of the same towns we're looking at now. There's something to be said about this kind of follow up. You have a conversation with somebody, but then you follow up with them and go, hey, how are you doing with that thing we talked about? You know, we talked about, you you had some questions about Jesus, like, can he truly be the Messiah? Is God real? How can we know? Um, How can there be a good God if bad things happen in the world? You know, the conversations that you can have with people, the questions, and then you leave them with scripture. You leave them with a thought to consider. You know, what's important to do is to follow up and to say, hey, remember that thing we talked about? How are you doing with that? Have you given it more thought? Have you considered Jesus? I really appreciate this about Paul. Paul continues to visit and he visits again and again. And we see the result of what happens. The churches get encouraged and strengthened. And I mean, why not? Because right now, Paul has another person on his team right here. He's got Timothy on his team. And Timothy, this young kid, this young man is well spoken of by other believers. It's just a really good thing. Things are looking up. Now, I, I read it kind of fast and I don't think I can read through it without at least pointing it out here. Verse three, there's, there's sometimes, um, sometimes we've got to let go of a few things that might be a hindrance as we serve other people. Verse number three, uh, Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. And so he said, Timothy, just come with me. Mm, yeah, he did. But look, and took him and circumcised him. Okay, what? What would happen, Pastor Joe, if it was like, hey, if you'd like to accept Jesus... You can accept Jesus and then Pastor Joe will circumcise you if you're a man right after, right, right, exactly. Like now I said that, but do you, what's that? This is a, yeah, how is it? Or you just, you just, did you just delegate that back to me? I delegated to you and you, that's, that's a good one. It's a good one. But I mean, we just read a verse there. Did, did you miss that? That's kind of a big step. Young Timothy going, Paul, I, I, I want to follow, I, I, Paul's like, you know what, young man, you're, you're meant to follow me. I know the Lord has spoken to my heart. Okay, absolutely. I'm going to have to circumcise you. Now, no, we're not going to do that here at this church. But do you know this, that when you, when you want to follow after God and do the things of the Lord, there is a cutting off of who we are. There is some parts of us that are, that will actually be a hindrance to us sharing the gospel. Let me give you an example. You may have some strong opinions about, oh, let's pick a topic, um, politics, right? We'll just throw that one out there, right? Politics, right? You have strong opinions about politics. Do you realize that there's times you may have to cut off your strong opinion so that you can reach other people for the gospel? It doesn't mean you don't have an opinion. It means that you zip your lip on that topic because it doesn't profit sharing the gospel. Oh, but I want to. I get it. As, as strong opinions are, we want to share our strong opinions, but we need to consider this from time to time. We need to consider and say, wait, is there something that I do, something about my personality, something about that's hindering me sharing the gospel? I've said it from here so many times, but if I started talking politics up here and I told you about who I voted for and I gave you my voting record since I was 18 years old, we're going to split the church. But more importantly, 
that has nothing to do with the gospel. That no political party is going to save somebody's soul. Let me say that again. No political party or earthly ruler is going to save anyone's soul. Only Jesus, the King of Kings, can do that. And we Christians, we must be so careful that we do not put something in the way that hinders other people from hearing the gospel. I'm not saying that you don't speak the truth. When you do, make sure you do it in love. And I'm not saying that you suddenly like have to go, well, I guess I can never have an opinion. That's not what I'm saying either. I'm just saying that we have to be so mindful that there's times you just go, what's the best way that I can reach this person? Without compromising my Christian values, what's the best way I can reach this person? You know what sometimes you find out? Sometimes there's a little bit of dying to ourselves that needs to happen so that we could reach people. I'm just really thankful for Timothy being so willing. He didn't have to. That tells me a lot about this young man. Okay, I want to follow the Lord. I really love the Lord. Paul's like, I'm going to have to circumcise you. Okay. Wow. That says a lot. It really does. And we kind of read it really fast, but I just wanted to point that out. Okay, so now you know you got another person on the team who's like all in, like they love Jesus and they're willing to sacrifice for Jesus. Here we are, verse six, Acts 16. And they went through the region of Perga and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. What? Okay, verse seven, we'll get back to that. And when they came up to Mysiae, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Hmm. Six and seven are very interesting verses in the Bible here. You know, we can come up to these um, unsettling changes in our, let's call it our travel plans in life, right? You have this goal in life. You have like, this is what I thought I was going to do in life. This is what I thought God wanted me to do. And you start to move in that direction. And then all of a sudden, there's a change in plans. <clears throat> all of a sudden, you have this unexpected layover in a location or a season of your life where you're like, I don't want to hang out here. I don't want to hang. This is like the airport of my life. I don't want to hang out in the airport. I want to get to my destination. Why are we still at the airport? Why have we not left yet? And then we just start to go, okay, I just can't wait for this time in my life to be done because, because once we get going, that's when it really starts happening. Meanwhile, we miss the point that God is with us at every season of our life, including, if you will, those layovers that are unexpected in certain seasons of our life that are uncomfortable, painful, frustrating and sometimes extended in in duration and we're just like is it still happening why we still why am i still at this season of my life paul must have had some questions go through his mind as all of a sudden he is coming to a certain part of the world and there is this well if you will a barrier from him doing what he thought he was supposed to do for god Uh, i want to show you this map here And we'll kind of go with a wide view here just so we can see. It's like the Mediterranean area of the world and you can see Italy and Sicily and you can see Crete and Egypt's down here and Portugal and Spain and then you have Israel right over here. So what happened was Paul and Silas and Timothy, they have, they picked up Timothy along the way. They're in um, Asia Minor, which is modern day Turkey right there. And as they went up and around They were heading to, and where Paul wanted to go, where he was going for in verse 6 and 7, was that darker area right up there. That was the direction that Paul wanted to go. And now in life, you know, sometimes these challenges happen. It's like, you know what? 
that's a challenge that's come from the world or maybe it's the enemy or maybe who knows what it is. Maybe it's just my fears. Well, I got to ask God for strength so I can overcome these challenges in my life so I can be bold and I can just do what God called me to do. And you know, it's true. There's times in life where that's what the issue is. The issue is either the world is trying to, um, trying to discourage you. The enemy is trying to condemn you or you're yourself. You're fearful and it's paralyzing you. And in those times, we got to ask God, God, give me the strength and the boldness and the confidence to walk where you want me to walk. But church, there are times when it's not the world, the flesh and the devil that's put up the barrier. In fact, it's God. I got to ask you this morning, how can you tell the difference? Because it's really important who put the barrier up. If the barrier is the world, the flesh, or the devil, well, you just need to ask God for the strength and the power to move forward where he's given you the land. Like, take it. Step into it. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm afraid. Ask God to give you a boldness and then take a step, right? But what if it's God that put the barrier there? Guess what? You don't want to go there if God put the barrier there. How do you and I know the difference when it's God that's putting a block there or if it's something else, someone else? Paul was trying to go to that darker area up there to the north of Asia Minor, right there. And let's read it again in verse six and seven. These are such important verses. Everybody's going to encounter moments like this. And you have to figure out who is it that's putting this barrier here. Verse six. And when they went through the region of Perga and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, and when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, that area that's darker up there on the map, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. This is the question I ask myself and I'm asking you, is there something that you're trying to work, yourself, work through or trying to go in a certain direction and it's actually maybe Jesus that's stopping you? If that's the case, then no amount of I'm going to make this happen, this is just me praying for... No, it's God that's saying, don't go this way. We got a closer view of just that area, the area that we're looking at right there. Um, yeah, so it gets a little bit more complicated, right? But these dotted lines, the red dotted lines was, was the path in the second missionary journey with Paul starting and working his way up there. And he wanted to go to Bithynia right up there on the Black Sea. And that's where God, the spirit of Jesus told him, no. What do we do then? Do we just stand there and just stare at the area that we want to go? And God is saying, no, that relationship, no, that job opportunity, no, I could take it. You could take it, but God's not in it. How can we tell what was going through Paul's mind right here as he was like, God, you, you don't want me to go here. Let's look at verse eight. Let's see what happens here. Did Paul just turn around and go back to Jerusalem? Did he pout? Did he cry? Did he? Verse eight. So passing by Mysia, he went down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there. He had this vision, a dream, if you will, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I love these verses because it shows like how the rubber hits the road. Like you hit this barrier. What do you do? Paul, what did he do? Well, that appears to be closed, but I'm not going to stop moving. I'm going to keep walking. If this is a closed door, well, let's see if God has another door that's open then. 
I don't know if this is my fear or this is the enemy or I'm not sure, but it's closed. So let's just keep walking and seeing. In verse eight, he keeps walking. So he continued to walk once it was closed there and he gets over to where Troas is. And there's a little, the Aegean Sea is right there and it, it, it divides the land and Macedonia is over there. So Macedonia is over there. Paul was thinking he was going north, but God wanted him to go west. How did he figure it out? He figured it out by walking, but then it says late at night, he had this vision. Oh, great. I'm just going to wait at night until God gives me a vision. Know this. He was praying the whole time. As he's walking, he's praying. Well, God, that's kind of odd. What do you have in store, God? I feel like you're doing something, but I'm not sure what it is. I'm just going to keep walking. You let me know what it is you want. He finally walks until he runs out of land. Camps for the night. And that evening, God speaks to him, gives him a vision. And what was it? It was a person, a man from Macedonia saying, come to where we are. How cool is that? Like you're asking God for direction and God gives you a dream or a vision, or maybe he sends another human being who just happens to mention something and you're going, that's an odd coincidence that they just mentioned that, but it's not a coincidence. God uses many things to speak to us. The question is, are we listening to him speaking to us? Sometimes we stand at the closed door and we're just staring at it and we're angry and we're missing God's voice, either speaking to our hearts or using other people right around us. We're like, I don't have time to talk right now. I'm just mourning the fact that this door is closed. Yeah, but I just think, stop talking. I'm not done being sad yet. Meanwhile, while we're doing that, we're missing God speaking through other people. I'm just so thankful that Paul didn't stop, that he kept going. Because look at all the places that he reached. Some of these places in Macedonia, there was a town called Philippi. Oh wait, there's a letter to the Philippian church in our Bibles. Or look, there's a town called Thessalonica. The book of First and Second Thessalonians written to the church in Thessalonica. And he continues south and he went to Corinth, First and Second Corinthians. See, there's groups of people that would never have been reached if he just kept staring at the place that God had closed the door. I'm preaching to myself more than anybody else right at this moment. But if this applies to you, please take these words to heart. God wants you to continue to follow him. He's on the move. Continue to seek him. And even if it's in a direction that you never plan to go, go where God is leading you. You know, the, the trip, we started in Arizona we drove to Las Vegas because driving to Las Vegas was the airport that we, the tickets were so much cheaper to Brazil flying out of Vegas. So we drove four hours to Vegas and we were going to fly from Vegas to Houston, Houston to San Paulo, Brazil. That was it. A couple long flights, but you know what? We're going to get there. Be fine. Well, I think we've got our first picture here of this trip. The very first picture of the trip, we as a team, this is after landing in Houston, this is part of the team that's here. Right there is the customer service desk. We have spent many hours at the customer service desk, keeping our Christian witness and our composure as we ask questions like, and our bags are where? Because we all brought bags, but then all of us had, we had two bags we could check. The extra bag was a bag with supplies for the churches that we were going to in Brazil. So we're kind of wondering like, where'd those bags go? Where, where's the stuff? When we landed in Houston, there was a lightning storm. It was just over the airport, just over the airport for like two and a half hours. We just kept circling. 
I was looking at my GPS on my phone. I'm like, and we're going south of Texas. Now we're just, we're just flying up and down the coast of Texas, just burning fuel and waiting for the lightning to stop. And as we're going, we're like, and our connecting flight has gone bye-bye. So we land in Houston. We're there. And they say, guess what? Jessica's always encouragement. She's the one with the smile. She usually has her thumbs up, just going, doing great. And um, they said, you know what? You missed your flight, but that's okay. We're going to get you. We're going to get you to Brazil. We're like, awesome. So when's the next flight? They're like, well, tomorrow at this time is when you can fly out of Houston. And we're like, okay. So we got a day in Houston here. Okay, we'll get a hotel. We'll do all that stuff. Yeah, but problem is you're not flying to Brazil directly. You're going to fly through New York to get to Brazil. And it's one of those moments where you just go, Okay, geography may not be the strongest suit. However, I'm pretty sure that's how does... And they said, yeah, when you get to New York, you'll be there for a whole day also. So at that point, like, you know, really testing your Christian, like, witness. It's like, and, and you guys, what are you guys? You're like, a, what kind of group are you? We're, we're, we're church group. We love Jesus. We're church group. Thank you for helping us. And, you know, it's just one of those moments where you just go, what are we doing here? We're going to lose two days on serving God in Brazil. This appears to be a waste of time. And so we spent the night in Houston and then we got on a plane and then we arrive in New York. And it was the craziest thing because we get to New York, it's like 2.30 in the morning. And uh, most of the folks there, I think maybe one person had been to New York before. And it's like, okay. And I'm like, well... That's where I was born and raised. So how about we, we got 20 hours. Let's go tour the city for 20 hours. Like, let's just do this. Like no sense in sitting in an airport for 20 hours. Right. And so we went. And so there we were two 30 in the morning when we should have been in Brazil and we found ourselves in Times Square. And I think we might have this photo here. And while we were there, yeah, we got on a train. We're kind of happy to not be in an airport. We're just moving in another vehicle. <laughs> so we're in a train and we get to Times Square and we get to Times Square. And there's an interesting thing. Because there's the tourist version of New York, and then there's the New York that New Yorkers see, which is go to Times Square at three in the morning or two thirty in the morning on a weekday, and you get to see the brokenness of humanity because the tourists aren't there. You see the prostitutes, you see those that are, you see the couple that's sleeping right there on the concrete, you see those that are struggling with the rats, and I do mean literal rats right on the streets. And you don't see that in the hustle and the bustle and the bright lights and the tourists that happen during the weekends or, or at other hours. But yeah, at about 2.30 or 3 in the morning, that's very empty for Times Square. And so we found ourselves there. And for most of them, it's like, oh, and by the way, this is New York. And they're like, whoa, this is rough. This is not what I thought. I go, yeah, it's not, it's not the glitzy. Yeah, it's really bright at 2.30 in the morning because those screens never turn off. But you know, we stopped there and it was just one of these moments where the Lord just, it was a moment where the Lord just moved me to just go, you know what? This is my hometown and this is not an accident. So let's make the most of it. And so right there, we're like, guys, let's gather around in a circle. Let's pray right now. Let's pray for people right here while we're here. We're here. It's 2.30 in the morning. There's people that are hurting right around us. Let's just pray right now. And we did. And as we did, you know, it's one of those things where kind of the folks that were milling around and walking around, they kind of just stopped and we're like, those people are praying. You know, wherever God has called you and whatever happens, don't look at it as I'm going to just twiddle my thumbs and just kill time because I'm going to get to the real deal. Wherever you're at in life, God is there leading you to that place. And he's, and he has a purpose for you. 
right where he has you. Stop wasting your precious days of your life looking at the next thing that's going to happen because God is in your today and he's trying to do something amazing in your today in the most unlikely of places. You know, we, we were there at Times Square. We got a hotel. We fell asleep. We woke up the next morning and it's like, okay, we, we don't have to be at the airport till this evening. So let's do a tour. It'll be a walking tour. And there are you know, people of all different ages. Xander's 14. And then we had some that are older. Okay. So, um, and I didn't want to like, I've got a longer stride <laughs> and I didn't want to like leave people in the dust. So I'm like, okay, we're going to have to like, and it's also, they were also in a heat wave, super humid, super hot in New York, right? Sticky, like that kind of a thing. It's like, all right, I don't have like people on the team dropping like flies before we get to Brazil. That's not going to be good. So we just kind of had a real like low key kind of a thing. We ended up finding ourselves and we got some more pictures here. We can find ourselves. This was a dream to me. Like it's like a dream where you have a dream and you have all these people in your life and they're in a place that they would never be. These are all my friends from Arizona, all standing in a New York City subway. And I'm going, my friends are all here. This is kind of cool. Now they're getting a little tired at this point. It was super hot. Um, and, and they were just start, it was starting to wear on everybody a little bit. And so it's like, well, where can we go in the city? It's so noisy. It's such hustle and bustle. We're not even supposed to be here. You know, we can, in the flesh, you can get into that kind of thought. Like, why are we here? And so we decided to go to Central Park. Take a look at these pictures right here. And, um, Central Park's an amazing park. If you've never been there, the planners of the city to put a park that large in the center of Manhattan, it's a sanctuary. I think there's another picture of it as well. And, um, you know, it just, it's a lot of green space. It's, it's, it's really beautiful in an otherwise cluttered city. And I think if we got another, um, screen as well, no problem. What we were able to do is when we walked in there, it, the whole mood changed and they're like, oh, New York is kind of cool. Like you can get away from the noise and that, yeah, you can. And so we found ourselves as a group just sitting on this rock and we had our, we were having daily devotionals and we just had a Devo there in Central Park. And I mean, like, it's pretty amazing park. If you ever get a chance to, to see it, there's like, yeah. And so there we were like just hanging out and we started to draw a crowd of people who were wondering what this odd collection of people were who weren't trying to sell anything who appeared to be looking, you know, into these books and writing notes down and laughing with one another and talking about stuff. And I had people asking like, Jim, how did you become a Christian while living in New York? And I'm like, it's not, it's not like that. Like, well, after I sold all those drugs, (laughs) then I, so it's just kind of fun. Like, and so we're all laughing and talking and people were just kind of, the people just come and sit near us just so they can hear the conversation. We're just talking about the Lord and how good he is. Christian, wherever you go, you're a witness and a light for Christ. Don't waste any opportunity to share the light of Jesus Christ. And so some people that came over, a few of us went over and just were chatting with, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? Oh, what are you guys? What group are you with? Where are you going to? And so it was just a, a beautiful opportunity. So maybe in your life, you're thinking, I'm stuck in the airport of my life, or I'm stuck in this horrible situation But you know what God wants you to realize is that there's a sanctuary for you, even in those seasons of life that are uncomfortable. He's calling you to those places. He's asking you to trust him with everything, with everything. Look at verse 11. Let's see what happened here in in Acts 16. As Paul is 
been faithful to seek the Lord and then he's got direction as to what he's going to do. Verse 11. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace and on the following day to to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. Look at that, a change of plans that God had because God wanted them in Philippi. Verse 13. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer and we sat down and spoke to the woman who had come together. You know, I read that verse and it's kind of like, what are we going to do? I don't know, let's just kind of walk around the city and just kind of see what the Lord does. What I love is that there's motion still happening. They're not like, we're just not going to do anything at all. They're like, you know what? We're going to pray and we're going to trust the Lord. And there's a whole city out there. Let's just go for a walk and let's just see. Perhaps they pray over here. Perhaps this will be a good opportunity, but we'll never know if we don't go there. And so they go there and they're wondering what the next step is going to be. (laughs) Verse 14, one who heard us overheard, just happened to be overhearing this, this group of three people. One who, who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Tyathira, uh, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God in such a large city. What are the odds that anybody's going to care? Like they're so busy. Life is so busy. Look what happened. Verse 14. I have it highlighted in my Bible because it's so important. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. Do you realize that when you shine the love of Christ, you through word, through deed, we may look at people and go, is it even reaching them? Like, does it even matter? Does it even matter? Sitting in Central Park, does it even matter that we're here? It mattered to a couple people that stopped by and we had conversations with. And you know, here's the thing. Well, how do we open up people's hearts? We don't open up people's hearts. That verse tells us very clearly, the Lord opened up Lydia's heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. So you know what our prayer can be? God, can you please open up the hearts of the people right around us in our community so that they can hear you? God has to open their hearts, but we should be asking God to open the hearts of people. Never underestimate what you do for God. Ah, it's such a small thing. I just told somebody, God bless them. I just told them, hey, I'm praying for them. But what does that really do? I mean, is that really gonna change them? If God opens their heart, it could change their life forever. And you and I don't know what God's doing in people's hearts. It doesn't always show on the face what's going on deep within. You know, in ancient Rome here, these guys are going around. They're really trusting the Lord. It's not like they had like the ATM or they were like loaded with money. They're trusting the Lord. They've been in the city for a couple of days. So like, where are they going to get some income? Like they're going to start running out of money here pretty soon. Isn't it really awesome the person that God brought them to. Well, Jim, it's Lydia. She's, she's weird because she only sells things that are purple. <laughs> I mean, how about you diversify your color portfolio or something like sell blue stuff and red stuff too. Like why just purple? Here's why. Because the color of clothes there were very, they were the colors that you can get from the natural elements that were around. So there was a lot of dirt colored, tan colored, brown colored clothes. Purple was a rare color. Now, with synthetic dyes, you can get stuff colored whatever color you want, right? Then, if you had purple, it meant that you were rich. Why? I don't understand. Like, just go get some grapes and smash them and dye your clothes. No, that would wash out. That's not going to work. So where'd you get the purple from? You got them from sea snails. Sea snails? Yeah, look at this. Look at these pictures here, these purple dyes. And I think if this would come up here. Um, so here are the shells. And these shells here, 
If we could, can we kill the front lights for just a second here? These shells right here, what they would do is they would gather them by the thousands and they would take them by the thousands and they would crush these shells. And when the shells were crushed and exposed to air, because they don't look purple at all and exposed to air, they turn into these like, those shells turn into like a crimson and these ones here turn into this deep violet purple. And then these ones down here are like a blood red. Lydia was a seller of purple goods. What did this mean? She was a wealthy woman. She was a wealthy woman with a successful business. Wait a second. You're saying Paul and Timothy and Silas, trusting God, encountering a closed door by God and trusting God going in a direction they never planned to go and running out of the resources to support them, still trusting God, God actually comes through and provides for them through a rich woman who is moved in her heart by the words that Paul was saying, yeah, that's kind of how God works. See, God is waiting for you and I to trust him. We say, God, show us the provision first and then I'll trust you. And God says, that's not trust. God says, trust me first and then I'll provide for you. There is a step of faith that's involved. And of all the people, because we don't hear about a whole lot of other people that were, you know, um, that were, their hearts were moved by Paul. Can you imagine how discouraging that is? Day number two, three, four, five. And you're like, not really seeing any change. God's like, do you still trust me? Kind of getting kind of light in the wallet there, God. Do you still trust me? See, the, the, the only way that we're going to know if we really trust God is when we find ourselves in a position of need and then we choose to trust him. Paul and these guys trusted him and God brings Lydia. And what happened with Lydia? Did she just hear it and go, that's great. I would like to make a donation to your religious organization. No, verse 15, she went all in, verse 15. And after she was baptized, wow, public statement that she loves God and her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. In other words, she insisted, please come to my really big house. Please let me take care of you and provide for your needs. Please let me. (laughs) Okay, cool. God just wants to bless us, but the blessing comes through obedience and trusting him. I don't know what the closed door is. Maybe your closed door is just God going, ask me for more power and confidence and strength because that's something the enemy or the world or the flesh has put up there. But I'm saying that from time to time in your life, it'll be God that says, my child, I love you. Don't go any further. What am I going to do, God? Keep walking. I'll show you. Listen to my voice. I'm over here. Keep following me. I wasn't planning to go that way. Trust me. Okay, but it's going to cost me something. It always does when we follow God. It always costs us something. Got to trust him. There is no plan B of trusting God. I could trust God or I could... um, there is no plan B to trusting God. You got to trust God and you will grow like never before. And you will be so encouraged when you see the answer that comes from God. (laughs) Sometimes, okay, we're so American, right? If I have a detailed plan and it has more details in it, then I'll have more peace. (laughs) What happens when one of those little things in your detailed plan just go awry and it cascades and causes everything else on the list to suddenly not work? Your peace doesn't come from your plan. Your peace comes from the person who actually has the plan. It's God. It's all about that relationship with him. If you know Jesus and you trust him, you can have the peace that only comes from him. I want to encourage you, let God lead you and guide you today. Let him do that. This, um, 
Let me share this verse with you and I'll, I'll share a close to the story here. Psalm 32, verse 8 and 9. This is God speaking to his people. I will instruct you. If you're here this morning going, what do I do? God says this. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. That's so awesome. That's like a parent looking at their child going, that way, that way. Not that, not that, that, that. There you go, that way. Well, how are you going to know which way to go? You got to keep your eye on your father. You look at what he looks at. You listen to his voice and you follow him. And look at verse 9 in Psalm 32. It tells us what we shouldn't be like. Be not like a horse or a mule. Ugh. I've been a horse or a mule in my life when it's come to the Lord, for sure. Without understanding, which must be curbed with a bit and a bridle, or it will not stay near you. I've been that person that unless God did some extreme measures to me, I wouldn't stay near him because I was like, I can figure this out. Don't be that person. Don't be a horse. Don't be a mule. Be a child that listens to your father's voice and just trust him. He knows what you need. So this trip, we're there in New York, right? But this is really cool because my mom, I call my mom and say, mom, hey, so funny thing. She's like, you in Brazil yet? No, no, we're not in Brazil. Actually, I'm in the city. She's like, what city? I'm like, New York. She's like, what? Xander's with you? She hasn't seen, I've got all her grandkids, right? And so she's like, I haven't seen him in years. She hadn't seen Xander in years. And so I want to show you this picture here. Uh, so we went to the Staten Island Ferry because the crew was like, hey, let, I go, let's go see the Statue of Liberty. You can sit on this boat. It's like a 30 minute ride and it's just going to be great. And my mom was like, I'm going to come and see my grandson. She's like, I'm going to see you too. It's all about the grandkids though. <laughs> like seriously, it's all about the grandkids, which is fine. It's cool. It's totally cool. So like my mom was just like, she, like for her, my mom has not lived under her own roof for two and a half years. She has had the neighbor from hell, parentheses, um, situation, a neighbor that calls the city and complains about a building project that should have taken six months is now at two and a half years. My mom loves the Lord and she's like, that neighbor, uh, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. My mom has, you've heard stories about my mom. I'm a believer and a Christian and I trust the Lord in so many ways because of what God did through that woman who's like half my height. So um, she's a powerhouse. She's a spiritual giant. She loves Jesus and she loves the Lord and she's proven it over and over again. I've seen it. I believe it. But she was kind of at a spiritual low, if you will. It's like, it's just wearing on her. Imagine not, not seeing your house, but you can't even go into it because it's still being worked on as it has been for two and a half years. But then when she heard that her grandson and her son were in town, she perked up. And with her two replaced knees, she's like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to take the subway. I'm going to get there. I'm going to find parking. I'm going to put up my little handicap placard and I'm going to, I'm going to find you guys. And she did. And then she goes, you want to take the ferry? Let's go, let's go take the ferry together. And she just hung out. We had 30, 45 minutes together, unplanned. Total gift from the Lord. Change of plans. I could never have guessed three days earlier, hey, by the way, Jim, you're going to have a time with your mom. It's going to be an encouragement for you and your son, but it's going to be an encouragement to her. It like brought life to her. Like then she was calling and texting and then she like figured out WhatsApp, this texting program. She's all WhatsApping us like crazy now. I'm like, mom, like enough already. She's sending me gifts and she's sending me pictures. And I'm like, all right, wow. Like she's totally excited now. And you know, I just go, God, 
if for nothing else, that delay was just so that my mom could be encouraged. I know it was for far more than that, but if it was just for that, it was totally worth it. Church, do not be afraid when God changes your plan because he hasn't changed his plan. It's going right according to what his plan is. Hey, let's bow our heads and let's pray here. Father, I love these dear people so much and I know that they all have a story right now. We all are, we're all struggling with something. We're all working through something right now. But we don't need to struggle alone. You are our comforter and our strength. You're our strong tower. You are our sanctuary. In a world of confusion, when even our hearts are confusing and our minds aren't making sense, we can run to you and find sanctuary. Even in the midst of the hustle and the bustle and the confusion and the noise, you give us a quiet place where we can come meet you. And you give us a place where we can be an example to others who are running themselves ragged. God, I pray for us right here that we would lead by example, that we who call ourselves Christians would live our lives trusting our Father, would live our lives trusting you when our plans go out the window, and that we would just listen for your voice and look at your eyes and see where you're looking so that we can go in that direction. I thank you that everything you do is right. Everything you do is right. You do not make mistakes you do not fail. And so if there's something in our life right now that we're struggling with, it's not because you failed us. Probably we just don't understand what you're really doing. God, please increase our faith and our trust in you and let us be an example to all those around. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your plan. It's going right according to your schedule. In Jesus' name we pray, all God's people said, amen. 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 So we haven't even landed in Brazil, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to, on a Wednesday night, not this Wednesday, but I'm thinking next Wednesday. So about a week and a half from today, Andre, Xander, and I, we're just going to share some of the amazing things that God did when we were there in Brazil. We want to share some brothers and sisters in the Lord that just love Jesus and tell you their stories. And I think you'd just be so encouraged. And here's why. Because church, I really believe that we as a fellowship are going to have an opportunity to go to Brazil next year. So I want you to be praying about it now. Just the prayer. God, do you want me to go? That's a good prayer to pray. Because again, if God has something for you, God's going to provide and he's going to take care of all that stuff. But I didn't go on this trip for no reason. And God really stirred my heart. And um, yeah, I just can't wait for next two Wednesdays from now to tell you some of the details and have Andre here uh, sharing some of his stories as well. So uh, and yes, and Sandy, yes, your husband's going to be back. He's been gone for a month, like a month. Yes. So, um, pastor's gone long. Hey, I'm back. Hey, it's good to be back. Oh, God bless you guys. Um, have a wonderful day. Please encourage the folks that are coming to second service and just be like, he's going to go long this service. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day. If you'd like some prayer, there'll be a few of us right up here. We'd love to pray with you.